Hi, and welcome to the podcast, Why Are You Sober? I'm your host, Sam, and I'm so grateful that you guys are here. So last week was my very first episode, and it was my own sobriety story. And I just got to say, I'm overwhelmed by the response of everybody out there. Uh, I've really loved all of the comments, questions, text messages, emails, uh, all of it has just been really awesome to receive. So thank you all so much for just being here and listening and being on this journey with me. So we are starting into the journey of hearing other people's stories. And with my first story, it is going to be my friend Robinson. Uh, Robinson is a new friend of mine from this year. I got a new job and fortunately I get to work with him pretty often at it. Uh, not only has he been a huge support for me and, uh, getting comfortable uh, in the new job and knowing what I'm doing, but he has also been a huge supporter, obviously, in sobriety, uh, and that was such a fun connection to make with him. And he also then, when I told him about wanting to do his podcast, he agreed to be my first guest, and I was just so honored. So I'm so excited for uh, this next part of the journey and for you guys all to hear Robinson's story. So if you would like to come on and tell your story, I would love to talk with you. Uh, you can reach me at my email, which is sam at whyareyousober.org, or you can go out to my website, whyareyousober.org, and uh, connect with me there. I, you can also connect with me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and please know that if you aren't just, if you don't want to tell your story, but you're just looking for some support or uh, needing just some help, you can also reach out. We would love to help you with that. But now, Let's start out with the serenity prayer and then hear Robinson's story. Good and gracious friend, grant me the serenity, serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Well, um, so Robinson, I'm working on a podcast about that I'm calling Why Are You Sober? Mm -hmm. And I just am looking to hear people's stories about like their addiction where they, you know, how, if they can think about how it started and um, where it got to, and then when they got sober. And then, okay. from there. yeah. Right. So, so Robinson, welcome. And Thank uh, you. if you can tell me about your addiction. Okay. Um, I, to this day, and I'm 56 now, I was born in 1966, and I'm still puzzled by an and fascinated a little bit now by this point by addiction like why did i start and i always believe that if you're really using and you're deep into it you're running from something so i'm going what am i running from what am i trying to comfort myself mm -hmm. from and so i guess some of us need more of a chemical comfort or something but i remember the first um time I got drunk was when I, I was 14 when I first got drunk Wow! and um, I, I remember I tried marijuana at 13 I didn't really notice anything it was like I didn't, and then about uh, my parents our family drank a lot it was just part of what we did and outside my room there was a bar uh, literally outside my room with you know, all sorted whiskeys and liquors and tequilas. I didn't know what they were, really, some Russian things and stuff. So I would go and fill a little bit up one night. I put a little bit in to each. Am I up there, Mike? Yeah, right there. Okay. And um, I put um, a little bit of each thing in, so then I've made this mixed cocktail. And I remember I just went to a different dimension, you know, just like just I was melted 
I was like, oh, this is fantastic. This is my thing at 14. Yeah. Stupid. And I'm smoking, too. I smoked, um, and uh, I don't know many addicts who haven't smoked. So. Yeah. Oh, it's just I'm trying not to after lunch today, you know? Yeah. But um, it was, uh, I started, I remember I was embarrassed. I remember being embarrassed, but I do remember thinking that was fascinating. I remember always if I had a buzz, it was fascinating yeah. to be in a kind of a different space, you know? And, um, and, uh, I just remember being, I just got really drunk that night. And then I wouldn't say, it, I don't remember the next time I did it. I just started drinking around friends. There was always drugs around. I was always, um, uh, there were, uh, this was the 19 late seventies, early eighties. So this is everybody, you know, there's a smoking court at school. We would smoke <laughs> at school. Don't smoke in the bathroom, but smoke out there if you can imagine. And so, um, but, um, but that's when I started uh, drinking and there was a, my home life, I'll put it in a nutshell quick because it, it seemed to be a kind of a chaotic, angry place. There's a lot of yelling and mm -hmm. a lot of noise and drama, and I hate it. I run, I hide. That's why I'm just that kind of person. I'll just hide. So what I would typically do is go hide and go um, drink and um, and try to handle this environment around me that's very harsh. Yeah. I have. I love my parents, but, man, they had problems. And... Um, there's a lot of anger and resentment or something going on. I still can't put my finger on it. Mm. And, um, but I did find alcohol felt effective to me. I can escape now and go to a place where people won't bother me. And then at school, it was just, I didn't feel safe anywhere because then at school and in my neighborhood, it's very difficult for me to talk about this. So I don't go for too far into mm -hmm. it, but um, like sexually abused by people, by boys at school, at uh, my neighborhood, and and that kind of thing, and I don't know why it was just like it was unnerving a boy that just uh, just I don't know it was mm -hmm. just it was really just unnerving, mm -hmm. and um so and I always felt like why are people coming after me? I felt like I go to school, people are coming after me, and someone's going to be wants to fight, and then one day when I'm fourteen, I I was I went I drank I went to school. And I just started swinging. I started pushing them back. Everyone, you know, boys picking at me. Yeah. Beach up. We'll do it now. Let's do it right now. You know, that kind of stuff. And getting in trouble. And just fighting back. And I drank for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it just seemed like at home there was a tension and an anger. And when I met my wife, she eventually said, Do you notice that you guys, how much you guys drink? I just thought everybody drank. Mm -hmm. That's what everybody does, don't they? Mm -hmm. You drink, and you can even get really drunk on Saturday night, and you go to church on Sunday morning. Yeah, you know it's that tug, and that causes a horrible tug in your psyche and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. And so, um, but I didn't think anything of it, and I thought, well, sometimes people's dad doesn't. Your dad sometimes trash the house, doesn't he? Just trash the place and leave sometimes. And that way they do it because I, my, women and men get really mad at each other sometimes. That's the way your little brain is thinking. Mm -hmm. And today I go, no, 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 you don't ever. That's not normal. No, it's not normal. Yeah. And, and as I, as I learned, um, you know, and I didn't, I just thought that's what you do. You can drink. And I, um, after high school, I played bass professionally with a heavy metal band. 
and that was just a whole world of circus where I just, you do whatever you want. And one night, I was sitting there in a motel room. I didn't feel like getting drunk. I didn't want to be with these weird girls, and I didn't feel about any of that stuff. I did like to get high. I wanted to, which, if a girl had something, I'd be with her. Yeah. I didn't care about the sex part. I don't know, what do you have? And then one night, I went, I don't want it to. I, I just drove away. I said, I'm done. I'm leaving. I went home. And um, I just left. I drove home. My dad parents woke up. I said I was playing Goldsboro at a big, some <clears throat> horrible club, and and um, so I just went home. And they said, "Where are you home?" I said, "I just done. I don't know what to do." I got really confused. I finished. I'd finished high school. But I don't know how I finished high school, but then, and I did go through a period where I, I stopped drinking. I stopped smoking or some white knuckling kind of thing. I just I stopped, uh-huh. you know, and. I think I had the strength to for a while back then to do that. And, um, gosh, and then I joined. It's just, you know, Sam, I don't know. It just goes, yeah. looking back, I'm going, oh my gosh, I've been drinking and going back to it for years. Yeah. It's kind of, how, it's so, very boring. Well, how, well, then, how long did you drink for? No, no, I really grasped, like, uh, it was around September 11th in, in New York City when that stuff happened Mm -hmm. and um uh a friend of mine was coming to town in fact he came this past weekend he's my best buddy from college great guy he's he's one of my sober um champions and um has always helped me and so he he's and and he was coming to town and at first it started to occur to me i I said i said to melissa my wife i said i said he's gonna come town i can't drink you know, you've never said this before. Yeah. This is the first time I remember saying it. Yeah. And then and she goes, well, and she's always been telling me, you've got a drinking problem. you got to stop drinking. So, you know, you never can stop a drunk. That's that's amazing that you had somebody in your life who was telling you that you were drunk. Yeah. Because right. I had the opposite experience where I actually would say to people, yeah. I think I'm an alcoholic. And they would tell me, you're not. You just you just overdrank. You're I fine. That Don't worry about constant. that. I heard that constantly. Yeah. And and, and, and she goes, no, it's, a big, it's weird. It's not right. This is not normal. Yeah. And she's one of those people that could drink. I had a great time with my friends and whatever. And I don't understand them. <laughs> right? You know, how, how much fun can you have? That's always been my thing. Bad times. You can have bad yeah. times. But she, she did tell me. And I remember um, um, he when he came to town, he, he asked, he goes, well, do you want, I don't know how I broke the subject, but he said, do you want to go with me to an AA meeting? And um, the AA meetings are too in New York City and be very dramatic. They're amazing because all the people with the accents and everything yeah. are very dramatic and stuff. And I went there and I was like, oh, these are like me. And it was the first time I didn't know this existed, mm. that there were a bunch of sober people who were aware of, hey, I've got a problem, but I'm staying sober. Yeah. I didn't know this. I it never occurred to me to go to those things, and so I went with him. I felt this freedom, this lift, like there's a bunch of people in there, and I didn't believe one of them that they didn't drink. I was like, "Yeah, it's nice. I'm, I'm very aware of it. You're really trying hard. I admire you, buddy. You're doing great." But I know later you drink. I know, you know. And so um, then, after he left. Um, then we moved out. Uh, it was September 11th. I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Mm. I thought I was falling apart from my drinking. So it's, you know, you just, 
Yeah, you really thought that your body was finally rejecting how right. much that you yeah. drank. Yeah, I'm so dizzy and so shaky. Damage. Yeah. Go figure. So finally, uh, one time, one night, I lost my vision. It was like it got so bad I couldn't see. And then went to the doctor and diagnosed with MS. And mm. um, the first thing I thought about when I when I woke up in my bed and I couldn't go anywhere is I can't go to the liquor store. Praise God, I can't go to the liquor store. Okay. I can't do it today. You know how you want to yeah. so bad. I mean, I was in that place by this point. I really, really want to stop. I cannot stop. I have to keep drinking. And um, I remember I said, I can't go. And it felt so comfortable. I remember I felt that. I went back to sleep for a couple of hours because I thought, I can't go to a liquor yeah. store. I just got to go through this. It feels exciting almost. And I was just told I have MS. And so kind of like out of a yeah. sense of relief, your body just relaxed at that point. Yeah. Knowing that you can't go. So it was like it I turned it off and you finally went mm -hmm. to sleep. Yeah. It was like, that was I, I remember feeling a huge relief that... Um, I literally can't go now because I wanted to yeah. not go. And um, I think, and then we lived a few blocks south of the Twin Towers and the whole, everything went nuts. So when we went back, God had us leave September 10th to go see my parents, believe it or not. Woke up the next day with that going on. I went back and I got angry again. I was so angry. And then we had this big thing, and now it's just kind of like white knuckle it and fix everything. And we got, I got so mad. I just felt so angry. I went out and I said, I'm going on a freaking bender. I have had it. You know, I don't want to feel. And so I went and I just started drinking. I just started drinking. I just started drinking. I was just going to. And um, I started waking up on trains, you know, I wake up on the trains and stuff like that where I don't know where I am, stuff like that. And I wake up on trains with junkies and drunks, and I'm going, I'm getting comfortable with this depth of this thing because I was so mad and I came home they got a big argument with my wife went back out and I just woke up remember that night just head sideways on cold tile it's in the middle of the summer it's hot I vomit everywhere and um I uh I just thought I just this is it I'm I have to go to an AA I have to get a sponsor I have to get some people so I went to a group there, and that's when I finally got sober, mm. really lastingly sober. I met a man there, a number of guys there that were just fantastic. Mm. And you have to have a community of people talking to you. Mm -hmm. You really have to have that. It's, um, hard to, it's so hard to do it yourself. Because I do know people that are called dry drunks. They just haven't learned a thing. They're terrible. They're just not they're, drinking. They're, worse. they're unhappy. Yeah, they're not living the, the freedom that they have now. No. And I remember hearing those people go, it got better, it got better. I was like, smile. I was like, oh, shut up. You really know it's not that simple. And I didn't believe it. Now I know. It's, I don't know. It took five years or so. But we we left one more time. One more. <laughs> There's always one. We had to leave New York. I had to leave my job. I'm alone and blowing rock. You don't leave an addict and a drunk alone. No by himself in the woods no so one day i'm recording some music i love recording music i'm going to the store just get a little thing of the little just a little one i went straight to blackout i don't remember the rest of the day yeah my pregnant wife came home she needed a ride home 
I had left my pregnant wife at work. This is real now. This has gotten real. She had to get a ride home. She said, I looked through the window, I crawled to the door, and that's when I was the bathroom thing again. But now I'm getting there in 15 minutes. You know, and so it goes comes faster. It did with me. If I drink like whiskey, I'll, I could get there real quick. So that's what happened. That was the last, last time I felt God saying to me, this is the last exit mm-hmm. ramp. You will destroy that child. Mm-hmm. You know, and so... I just felt jarringly have to stop, and I started going to celebrate recovery mm. at, at Alliance Bible Fellowship. That they, I saw it on a sign. I thought that's exactly what I need. I need fellowship with other. I love being with other uh, uh, believers who are trying to stop, and I love that. That's just my thing. I love being with them. I needed that, and that was perfect. And since then, I have been sober since. I have not. I don't <laughs> literally. You can't tempt me right now. Yeah. I, I, I have so, I've had so much tasted you taste so much freedom taste and see you and you can be tempted to go back trust me it's there it's come be always be aware as as Paul says in the Bible you could fall in be careful mm-hmm. that you don't fall in I'm that guy mm-hmm. I will fall in mm-hmm. so I just have to be real careful and I just I just don't want it. That's that's awesome. And yeah, that is very much the way I feel right now in my life yeah. too, is that, I mean, I can, I was even at a concert the other night yeah. in a, a stadium concert, concert in the, the VIP section you. with everybody around me drinking at a VIP bar. And I didn't care about any of it. That's fine. And it's amazing. And you're just enjoying the moment and people and the sound and the music. Finally, yeah. I think too, one thing that first, when you get sober, the thing that causes us so much pain, difficulty is we have to relearn how to do everything. Yes. I couldn't come talk to you right now without drinking first. You know what I'm talking about. Exactly. I'm not going to drink drunk. I'm not going to drive drunk, but I will stop in the parking lot, drink a little bit, put some mouthwash in, and come talk to you. Yes. Just to take the edge off. I don't think that way anymore. Mm-hmm. I had to relearn everything and how to self comfort, how to learn how to self comfort yourself. Mm-hmm. And I do that with music. I play guitar. I listen, you know, things like that. You have to learn how to comfort. Yeah. So yourself. So how long have you been sober? So it would be, my son's 15 years old, so it's been about 15 years That's now. That's awesome. I can't leave him saying it. I yeah. can't leave you and I are saying that we go, I don't want it anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm that guy yeah. saying that now. So then, so then now to today, why are you still sober? You know, I, it was having children. I think it really was turned the key in me. Mm-hmm. It's not about you. It was about me taking care of myself and then not and, and not feeling uncomfortable and all those kind of things. Be so aware of the people around you, how you're impacting people. As soon as I saw that it's not about me, it's about these children, it has kept me sober, and my wife and my family. And now I'm seeing them grow, and there's joy in my house that doesn't that comes without substances. It, it, once you taste that, you go, it can't happen. Here we are. It, it happened to me. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm that guy I wanted to say, to say shut up to. Yeah. And <laughs> and so it sounds to me like it's all about relationships. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's a good way to put it is it's relationships coming here, talking to you, being with my family and um, reaching out. It is. a. I can't. I, I love being alone. I'm a guy who can be alone for hours. I'm just one of those people. Mm-hmm. But can't do it too long. I know yeah. now I've got to I've got to draw back in to and be with people. We are creatures that need each other. Yeah, we have to have each other. Yeah, 
And yeah, I, I am very much the same way um, on a Myers-Briggs test. I'm always like 75% introverted, mm, which me too. surprises yeah. everybody. Mm. But I can literally I can literally stay at home for five or six hours and be totally happy and content. But I have to remind myself, mm. I need to get up, I need to go outside, and I need Gotta to go, go see some people because that is part of my program. It is. That I That's have to right. see people. And I don't even yeah, have to talk good to way them. To look at. That's I don't a good even way have to, to talk to them about mm. being sober. I just mm. need to interact with people. Interact with people. And so good for have us. Have a relationship mm. with them. And that is part of me staying sober. Yeah, that is part of it. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. That's the way I feel about it too. Awesome. And well, I, ha- I have a sister in law. She's helped keep me sober and interacting with other people who are staying sober. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And that's it. And right. and then also like what I'm hoping with this podcast is sharing these stories to give experience, strength, and hope mm. to people who need it yeah, and are out there. Exactly. And people see me now and they see you. You look fantastic. You know, look, we're just normal people. You're seeing the work of sobriety and God's changing your heart. God changed my heart and all those kinds of things. You're seeing a changed person. You're seeing more of the finished product. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot going on underneath. You still got to work on <laughs> But that's what you're seeing now yeah is a product of that amen so, yeah amen. right on right on well this was awesome yeah, thank thanks you so thanks much. for inviting me yeah absolutely, absolutely. thank for, you man yeah well thank you for listening to robinson's story i hope you enjoyed it as much as i enjoyed uh interviewing him and as much as i just enjoyed being around him because robinson is just such a wonderful person so thank you robinson again for doing this and for being my first guest So next week, we are going to be hearing from my friend, Melissa. Melissa comes from my original home group down in Florida, and her story is quite awesome. So I'm really looking forward to everyone hearing that and sharing that with everybody. As always, if you would like to come on and tell your story, I would love to hear it. Uh, You can reach me at sam at whyareyousober.org, or you can go to my website, whyareyousober.org, and connect with me there. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram. And also, if you're not just looking to come on and tell your story, but if you might have some questions or thoughts or you're struggling, please feel free to reach out. We would love to help. So with that, I hope you all have a wonderful week and I'm wishing you all a whole lot of peace, love, and a whole lot of joy. Bye.